0: Anything that 's accomplished, you realize the older I get, the less confidence I have in my talent and ability, and I see the Holy Spirit at work in an unusual way. Uh, what he was you know even some of that, that walking with jesus you 'd be surprised, like you, you brother, also in uh, Russia, but I was a speaker in uh, maximum security in a prison. 51 graduates of a Bible study course. And this one guy, they're all, they all have life sentence, maximum security, but one killed two guards. So he had a sentence 212 years. He was the worst. May have been the worst Filipino because no one had as long a sentence as he had, and he was in the biggest prison. So... He got saved. Somebody, you know, said God can save anybody. And he got saved. But the guards, nobody believed him until 28 years. New administration. He's still serving God. He's a Bible study leader. And they come up to him and they said, hey, no reason for you to be here. So they let him out uh, with a member of his family, a cousin, brought him to the mountains. And I travel all over the Philippines. And I I happened to come across him way back in the mountains. I also go back in interior places. And I was a little bit afraid because I didn't know if he escaped. I heard that he was there. And if he escaped, I know him. So he would be after me. They said, don't worry about that. This man is a committed Christian, no doubt about it. Married a widow, had two teenage sons that helped him on a farm, inherited a farm. But the most amazing part of this story was this. He became pastor of Betas, Assembly of God. (laughs) A little village, you know, the next uh, village from where he lived. And the mercy of God's amazing. You know, here's a guy that, you know, had no hope, but yet there was hope. And I know if I had the opportunity, you know, I don't know when. I I usually get back here every seven years, but they asked me to come back to Springfield to share a little bit with the younger missionaries, and then myself to attend a conference. But I wish... But I could hear your story, and I sit there <laughs> because God is doing some fantastic things today. And whether it's America, whether it's Philippines, wherever it is, there's no closed doors. Imagine uh, just about a year ago, or you know, I get way back because I, I'm interested in more unreached areas. Also, I don't always go back there, but unreached. And you go as far as you can with the vehicle. have to park my vehicle, vehicle, hop on a motorbike, go as far as I can with the motorbike, and then we have to hike. There's no other way. Way back up. And they put my uh, sound system on a horse on the one side, the generator on the other side. And then they had my, you know, all my equipment on the top. I'm just amazed at that horse, and nobody rode the horse because that would be too heavy, but the horse can make it up steep, difficult trails, and it's about 5,000 feet, and I got to the top. I was really tired, but that horse was still doing okay, (laughs) but I got to an area. Imagine, this is unusual in the Philippines. Other places, it's, it's normal. There was no Catholic, no Protestant, nothing. There was no church. It was all tribal. And they resisted the first pastor that came in seven years ago. But he said, just like you did, brother. He says, well, can we pray for you? What are your needs here? And some of them got healed. And that's what happened. And then the ones that got healed said, no way, don't send this guy away. And so... They established a church. And this church, I want to thank you because you've been helping me also for years. What we do with your money is uh, when we see a place like that, I have a friend of mine that's retired Army. And uh, he was an engineer in the Army. And he really built steel structures. And in bigger places, that's what he did. But back there, wow, he had helped and uh, we would put up, you know, just the skeleton and the roof. In the Philippines, you don't need walls. You don't need the floor. Once you got the roof, you can have church. Yeah. And that's what they do. That's how they start the church. Now, this is not American story. Nobody, no American that I know had ever been there. No missionary. I come after, was it six or seven years when that man first started and uh, now there were six churches in that area. But the problem is the communists. They come in that area, and that's why nobody no, you know, wants to go, because it's, it's really dangerous up there. And they come and they steal part of the harvest. When they come, they take anything you they want from the house, and you can't do anything. And then they steal part of the harvest, and here they're coming, I was told this because it happened before I arrived, a year before I arrived. Here they come, and they see this man standing up above them in a harvested area, and everybody runs. When they see them with the AK-47, the M-16s, everybody runs, but he was not running. So the two leaders, and the reason we know this is because two of them got saved. From that group, and they went back to tell the story. Otherwise, we would have never known what happened. They wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have known. So, the two leaders said, Who does this guy think he is? And of course, it's all in the dialect. Who does this guy think he is? And they almost looked back immediately and he disappeared. Now, the communists don't believe in God. So, They said this, wow, the witch doctor must have special power here. Wow. So they decided the next day, we're not going to come back to this area. The area they chose not to come back to happened to be the area where those six pastors had told the people, we'll leave the results to God, but we're going to pray that God will protect your harvest that he'll do something so they won't come back? Wow. They didn't. And so they got the whole harvest. So when I come, oh, my, we really had some. I show part of the film, Jesus. I wish I could show the whole film, but I don't have an opportunity, two hours, 20 minutes, to show the whole film. So we show highlights. As we're praying for the sick, Jesus is healing the sick on the film. Oh, man, I have a captive audience. I mean, even young people, you know, they're so glued to that film. And we have other films also, and in the dialect, and whatever, but that is the favorite, most anointed film by far. And so after that, I'm coming down. You know, the other side was worse. And I start sliding. It was raining. I had uh, tennis shoes. I didn't have hiking shoes or anything. I just had tennis shoes, and... I started sliding, and there's a cliff in front of me. And what a feeling. If I don't stop, I'm done for. And I kind of rolled to the side, and I was able to grab a bush, the roots of that bush, and it held me. And those Filipinos came to the rescue right away. But they're carrying my equipment. The horse cannot go down that trail and they don't have shoes they dig their toes into the mud and i tell you they can they can go down and they made sure i was okay and they had after that they had filipinos ahead of me and they had filipinos behind me oh. now i just want to give you four scriptures real quick because this is the starting point but I want to have you read it. Can you look at Habakkuk? Anybody bring the Bible here? I have it in my notes. We got one. Oh, can you, can you open it up? Uh, Habakkuk, just before the New Testament. Oh, you got it on the yeah. Good. Uh Habakkuk 24. Habakkuk chapter two, just before the New Testament. It's uh before Zechariah. It's way back in there. 2-4. Two four. Two four, yeah. Behold the proud, the soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Okay. Uh hold that there because I have a couple more scriptures for you. Uh in chapter 1, Habakkuk was so surprised because there was so much trouble everywhere. The the uh, The people were just in bondage, all sorts of bondage because of their sin. And God said, I'll do a work in your day that will surprise you. So surprise you, you won't believe it. And then there's three guidelines in chapter 2 I want to focus on. And the first one is, you know, God is resist the proud is it you know there's a part there that you know god's not satisfied with those who are proud but the just will live by his faith that's true even in the tribes if they don't believe the message of that filipino pastor nothing happens to them but how can you tell way back there the christian from a non-christian the character of christ the change that takes place. Without being told, they say, you know, I feel guilty about some of our even cultures, even some of the things were which were demonic before. Wow, they begin to realize that there is a supernatural power. Even the witch doctor, one place, asked me to pray for him. Now, imagine the witch doctor. Who would ever expect that? In fact, that was a difficult area to get back into But, you know, he had been sick for a month. And this is one of the first times he couldn't cure himself. So, with my friends, I don't like to pray alone. Because I want them to know God works through Filipinos just like he works through us. I always have a team. Uh, So, he works through them. They, They see the same things happen. So, we prayed for this guy. Well, nothing happened. The next morning, I left. The next morning, he woke up completely healed. So he went to uh, the other elders, you know, the, the, he's the uh, witch doctor, but he's also, uh, you know, on the executive of that tribe or however, you know, he just has a tribal chieftain there, and then he is sitting there, and he's one of the leaders. And he told the people, within a week, he said, you're going to have to find a new witch doctor, I'm getting old. Yeah, I'm already 50. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But he was about 70. And uh, he says, I'm getting old. But he says, I want you to know. uh, These people came, and you know what happened, because they they saw us going into his house wondering how is he going to allow that. And uh, these people prayed for me. And I'm healed. And I couldn't heal myself. So I'm going to go to this church. It's a brand new church. You can do what you want. But because of his testimony, several came to that church. When I got down to the bottom of the hill, and there I was. Uh, having this ministry and God was doing a work. A lady come up to me, who was a friend of the pastor. She says, "Our relatives are only three hours up. If you can come tomorrow night, we guarantee that there will be a church." Wow! They were really open because we heard what happened to the communists, and they're not in our area yet. But there's a big threat that they will be. So we want, we need God's protection. And we guarantee that there will be a church. There's just so many people that are asking. Uh, you, they had heard that I come back in that area, so they're asking. And I said, listen, I said, uh, I cannot come tomorrow because there's no pastor. If I come and have a, a crusade and there's nobody to follow up then there's no church to bring them to, it's just a waste of time. And then it makes them more hardened for the next person to come. But... What we do is we have training back in that area with Filipinos. One Filipino teacher will dedicate one day a month to go back there and to train elders. And it was an elder that went up and started that church up there. And pastors, those pastors that were there. So one, one teacher, but they have eight. They find eight. So two teachers will go every week. Then the next two. Then the next two. Then the next two in one month they have eight, but all this guy needs to do because you have to hike over a five thousand foot pass, and it's it's difficult, and then you have to go down to the other side, way down on the bottom. But actually, the uh, it was about halfway down, where they had the uh, the training, and that's how the church grows, and. I wouldn't be telling the truth if I said to you, you know, God sent me there to mentor these people because they're mentoring me all the time. You know, for me, I yes, I'm, I'm happy to teach them what I know, but they know the language, they know the culture, they know how to reach their people. So when I go to a new area, I say, What are you finding effective to reach the people here? In a Muslim area, for example, these pastors, they go back. One pastor said to me, he said, I want you to come to my town. I said, "Uh, I know your town, brother. It's Ampatuan. And Ampatuan is an area where the worst massacre in Philippine history occurred between two Muslim political leaders. They were against each other. Both of them wanted to be governor. So they won, Empatuan family, and the town is named after him, eight kilometers from the church where I'm supposed to go. Uh, they They kidnapped 56 people from the other side, including the wife, and killed her, and killed eight reporters, killed all of them, that they kidnapped, killed all of them. And then they... They had it all set up so these big, heavy road equipment, backhoes and everything, they were digging holes, and they're about to put these vehicles because they took their vehicles. And they're going to put it underground, and then after everything's settled about a year, they'll take it up. So they had, you know, they, camouflage, not completely dirt all around, but they had this like, a, you know, they were going to hide it and military helicopter saw them from above and so they were caught and to this day, that was four years ago I believe they're not judged for that because you got so much money you know, And a Muslim and if you, if you will bring a Muslim to trial they have a lot of friends that are going to come after you so it's, it's just a difficult thing, but it was Muslim against Muslim, so I said, Pastor how far was the massacre site? He said, well, about eight eight kilometers. That's about, what, five miles? <laughs> he says, that's far. I thought, far? I said, Pastor, I, I know that I cannot go there. Well, he says, will you pray about it? Oh, I was embarrassed. You know, I'm a missionary. I'm supposed to pray. I said, well, sure, I'll pray about it. But my mind was made up. I didn't tell him. My mind was made up. Next morning, I go to prayer, and I say, now, God, you know this is really a difficult place. And immediately, a thought came to my mind. Whose schedule are you following anyway? Yours or mine? Well, if you argue with God, you're going to lose. And all you have to do is... Lord, here am I. Send me. It's not always easy, especially we know other missionaries die. It can happen to me. We can be kidnapped. Tortured is the worst thing. What they do to some of these people, absolutely terrible. So I I did have a fear, but I felt God wanted me to go. I got to that place, and that pastor set me down. He said, I want to tell you about this place. It's the only church in this village. There are nine mosques, and there are a few that are not Filipino, and they all live on one side, and that's, the pastor told them when he came, he says, I'm wanting to reach these people, but actually he had feeding programs. He was reaching the Muslims secretly. Some of those that he led secretly, and even when I came and I showed the film, these Muslim young people came up to me and they said, you know, I'm a Muslim, but there are some things about our culture that I I don't like, all the violence and the fighting and all of this. And I just saw the film Jesus. Do you have some literature that you can give me? I said, "Yeah, but there's a lot of people watching us. I'll send my team back." And we try to give them the DVD, the Jesus film in their language, Malayalam or Maginda now, excuse me. And now we're thinking about putting it on a memory chip, you know, because a DVD, if they set it on the table, they could be killed for, if they find that in the house. Somebody else finds it, so. And then, so, the pastor disciples these people. And this was actually two stories put together because it was not exactly in that place. But the pastor disciples them secretly And from three different places, we had three uh, uh, Muslim young people. Their dad was a Muslim. Their mother was a Muslim. And they came to the pastor and they said, I've been studying the Bible and uh, I'm ready to receive Christ. I know what this means. I'm going to have to disappear from my family. The sacrifice that they have to make. Can you imagine? I have to leave my family. The pastor already thought of that, but didn't tell him. The pastor said, we already have a family that's going to adopt you on the other side of the island. And that's about 150 miles. This is Mindanao, the south island of the Philippines. So 150 miles on the other side. A Christian family adopted them. They went to Bible college. They're from different parts. And it happened at different times. But all of them became pastors. Of Filipino churches, and one is a presbyter. And I said, Where would these people be if somebody hadn't shared the gospel? Man, that's the most important thing we can do, is to somehow, first by our life, they have to see a change in our life. But God wants to use you in that area. And then God will put a spark of faith in them. Okay, brother, 2000 uh, Habakkuk chapter two, verse fourteen. Okay, the first. There are three assurances there. Number one is the assurance of God at work. The just shall live by his faith. In God's ability to change the world. He's doing it. We have a lot of bad news that we hear about. But he's doing it. And miracles are happening. Among Muslims today they're seeing all kinds of dreams and all of this. But God is at work and we're excited about that. And then. Healings. You know when I. I, I've been sick three times. I had a. I went to the island of Palawan and I caught malaria and the doctor told me I'm gonna have that for life. It was really, really weakening my body. And uh, communists had come to the island of Palawan and they have to hide in the mountains and they don't have an immunity, they're Filipino. And wow, they died one after another so they had to give up that project of trying to take that island. They died. But these natives live up in these areas without any mosquito net, without any protection, and they have an immunity to this mosquito. Don't, no problem. But then God healed me of that. That was another thing. The third thing. Uh, second was uh, that, you know, uh, a par- parasite digging holes in my intestine got into my blood uh, The doctor told me after 13 years it's going to crawl across my eyes, attack my brain, and uh, no hope. Well, thank God for doctors. I really believe in them. But I got a second opinion, (laughs) which was my first opinion. And I, I asked the Lord, and, you know, God healed me of that. So that's the second thing. The third thing, just... Since I've been here, I got cystosomiasis. I went through an area, this uh, super bug, you know, Filipinos were dying there also, so I thought I'd better get a checkup and sure enough, had it on me. Wow! I, the, you know, the doctor found it on me, they gave me the medicine, and then it was gone. But I had diarrhea for three years off and on. I could not get rid of it. And I lost 30 pounds, you know. And I tell you, I was just really trusting the Lord. And then in Biko, about uh, well, no, it was in Panay October last year. God healed me of that. And now, from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, there's, there's no sickness there. But the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Jesus was the expression of the glory of God. And he was healing the sick. He was touching people just wherever he went. Uh, About eight months ago, I passed by this place. And this lady, you know, it was just absolutely amazing. She told me, you and several others were praying for me. I had leukemia, another disease, I was very weak, I was five months pregnant, and the doctor, she found out later, was hoping that I would die before the actual birth, because that would be a horrible experience, she's just too weak. So, is there any hope for me? I said, wow, I don't accept anything else but God's complete. Healing. And this is what I told her. I said, Now listen. I said, If this is your time to go, that's no problem. Heaven is a beautiful place. No problem. But if God still has a purpose for you, that's what I pray for complete, 100% healing. Because I do not know what God's plan is. So I pray for complete healing. And leave the results to God. I can't heal anybody. And God heals through doctors, through medicine, through other ways. But, you know, God doesn't have the gift of cancer. He doesn't have the gift of arthritis, all these other things. What I mean is this. These things happen, and it happened to me. But I never once accused God of sending that. He's not the author of evil. It comes from this Pesticides, herbicides, all the things in the food that we eat, and so many reasons, inheritance, all of that, and we're expendable, also. You know, let God be God in that. But I, when I get sick, I just quote the Word. When somebody else gets sick, eh, they say you should not pray for somebody like that lady. You know, five months pregnant. What if she doesn't get healed? I said, what if she does? <laughs> So we prayed, but I didn't remember that because that was way back in the late 70s. And immediately I said to her, I said, what happened to the child? Imagine five months pregnant and the child was being formed when her body had leukemia and was very weak. What happened to the child? Oh, He's your friend. He's the pastor of this church. You know, this was an anniversary, and they invited me to the church. I did not know that was the mother of the pastor who's a longtime friend. Also, he's a teacher at a Bible college nearby. He didn't suffer any problem from that experience. Nothing. So when you pray for healing, go for 100%. Just like you said, brother, you know, praise <laughs> Not 9,700%. <laughs> Amen. The same with healing. You don't pray for 50% improvement. You pray for 100% healing. Now, leave the results to God. Hold fast to your confession of faith, but leave the results to God. Wow. And it's, it's happened so many times. Just one other experience along that line. I'll get to the last one. Uh I was a pastor of a church, interim church, and they asked me to pastor while well, they're looking for another pastor. It's one of our bigger churches there. They had about 400 members, and I was only interim, but we had a lady that was also with leukemia, but she had another super bug that was really killing her fast. Now, she's in a coma in the hospital, the doctor's a member of our church, Dr. Paradella, And uh, he told me, he says, unless God does something, she's gone. She has about four days in a coma. She's really in bad shape. All the numbers, the things they checked, really in bad shape. So they're going to send her home. No plan for intravenous feeding. No plan to feed her, and she's in a coma. So I went into the room, and uh, I'm just going to pray and leave. And, you know, I never, I didn't hear a voice, but I just felt God was saying to my spirit, you talk to her. I've never done that before in my life. You know, she's in a coma. And I started talking. She's not responding at all, but I just obeyed the Lord. I said, I'll just do what I feel you want me to do, Lord. So I said, Juliet, and I said the same thing. If this is God's time for you, You know, that's great. But I want you to fulfill God's purpose for your life if it's not his time yet. So I prayed for healing, and I left. They sent her home, and I was on a 10-day trip. Somebody else spoke at the church on Sunday. I came back after 10 days, and she's healed. She wanted to see me as soon as I came back. I, I came and I talked to her. This is what she said. And I'm not sure everybody in a coma has this experience. But she said, my hearing was still there. My mind was still there. It would sleep sometimes, and then I would be awake. But when you were there, I was awake. I could hear everything you said. But I couldn't blink my eye, move my body. There was no evidence that she was hearing me. Wow. But she heard everything. So after I left, this is what she said. Lord, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to fulfill your purpose for my life. Give me that opportunity. They sent her home. She was uh, in her room there at the home for about three hours and woke up and asked for food. She's hungry. And the healing started right then. By the time I, I got there, she's up and walking around. That was January 2009. But I came back there 2016 in December. She's still there. Both of us cried when we saw each other. I mean, it's nice when God heals a person for one year, especially of a serious sickness like that. But you know, God has promised. And before I say what I'm going to say, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20, the last verse in the second chapter. Could you read? Okay, I want you just to remember three things. The assurance of God at work, you know, the just will live by his faith. Not in himself, but in God's work. Salvation, healing, whatever he does. Second, the the glory, the assurance of God's glory. He'll do it. And last, the government of God. He's in control though there are so many people turning away from him, feel that, you know, they don't have time for God, I'll tell you something, God is at work in a special way. In the scripture, we all know, he promised in the last day he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Here's what I believe. The best part of your life is still ahead. I don't care how old or how young you are, I believe that the best part of your life and especially your work for God is still ahead because the early church was the most powerful church but the last church, I believe, will even be more powerful as God begins to gather the harvest. Now, as you just, you're a shining light in a darkened place. I tell you, I'm concerned that God will penetrate every area here in Cross Lake and wherever you go. And I believe God's going to give you favor. We'll give you favor. And I have a special burden for young people. Yeah, you know, I'm old, I'm 71. <laughs> but I have a lot of concern for our young people today because they are challenged more than ever before about the faith, you know. Oh, you're a Christian? And some, I know not these three here, but some will say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but it's not my fault. (laughs) My mom drags me to church or whatever, you know. But it's not easy. But I thank God, and I, I challenge everyone here To take a stand for what is right and decent and honest in a world of rapidly declining moral principles. Never adopt for your standards the norms and the mores of this society, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I challenge you dare to follow the truth. You'll never be sorry. Following the truth? Oh, God's not going to lead you down the wrong road. And I discovered in my life the only place to find true peace and joy. <laughs> Following Him. Following Him. Life can be a great adventure. Can I close with this? You know, pray for the Philippines. Right now, we are uh, very concerned about uh, some of the peace and order. You heard what happened in Marawi. We have uh, Uh, college there and a very good Christian group, Agape Fellowship right in that place and the ISIS. I felt three years ago the Lord wanted me to go one more trip up north. I left Mindanao and went on the eastern side, Leyte and Samar and after I left Mindanao some of my friends said to me you know what, the ISIS are coming in on the other end here. Some of the places where you shared the gospel Wow, nobody can be outside. It's just the door is closed at least now. But they find other ways to to share. They find it. And God is building His church in that country. For His glory, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. So many experiences in my life that prove that God is in control. Filipinos that go back into rough areas. And I can't just quit without talking about my team also. You know, my team, we have two vehicles. Uh, One is all Filipino. I'm, you know, with one team, we're showing films almost every night. And then the second team will come. And we go through about 200 churches. And I know that you've heard that I don't have a home or office and all of this. The reason is, if I had a home, I would have to find somebody to stay there. And the roads are really bad. So I would always be going on rough road back home and back out again. So what I do, when I go to an area, I ask them if you can make my schedule systematic. So in... Like seven months in Beacle, we hit about 200 churches. Only one night. But we have a second team. And then we have follow-up. So we get enough contacts to really make that worthwhile. And I only stay one night, and sometimes two. Uh, Sometimes in the church, sometimes outside of the church. But there are other things that God wants to do. And the last, this is my last story, The last place where I was, was uh, in Bataan, and I saw that Bataan monument. It says B-A-T-A-A-N. Some of the soldiers in World War II are buried there. They're from Brainerd. They're from this area, and so many of them. So they made a special memorial. I saw the sign, and I saw Bataan. That was the death march back then in the Philippines. But in in this one place, this man, they gave me this shirt. That's why I wanted to wear it tonight. It says Pentecost. So this was uh, June, and I'm speaking there last month. And they expected about 800 people. They had 850 chairs, but about 1,100 came. And wow, it was so exciting to see all of these people wanting to praise God. Some people don't want to praise God anymore. But I got up, and because it was Pentecost, I said, what I want to talk about here is the whole package. Yes, we believe in speaking in tongues and other gifts. But how many of you need discerning of spirits? We live in a deceitful world today. How many of you need knowledge, wisdom, understanding, wisdom from God, word of knowledge, gifts of healing, gifts of faith, God is not limited to work through you in these areas and the fruits and then the anointing, other parts of the work of the Holy Spirit. And I told them, and it's true, I'm not satisfied with my present walk with God. I want to grow. Yeah, I want to still grow. And so I told them, I said, all right, you know the Bible talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, how many of you need a refilling tonight. <laughs> I said, I know. Maybe you spoke in tongues uh, a month ago, a year ago, or whatever. And some people feel, okay, just once, you know, then they're filled. God works filling people in, uh, with His Spirit. Manifestations, love, but the only physical evidence in the New Testament was that they spoke in tongues that was the only physical evidence but I don't limit God I, God was at work in that place so I said okay if you need to be refilled I want you to raise your hand I was going to have them come forward so many raised their hands including many pastors so they, they come they, I didn't have them come forward I said you, you stay right where you are but remain standing please put your hands down alright how many of you need, uh, you've never received this experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit? I said, would you raise your hand? And there were so many. They came to the front. So we all had it all planned. We had them kneel down. And then uh, other pastors were going to go back and forth and pray for these people. But there were so many, the pastors couldn't get in between. And still, God worked. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't need us. And I'm praying for this church. Thank God for the things that he has done in the past. For Pastor Gary and Carrie are committed to the Lord, seeing a lot of good things happening here. But I believe that God is going to bring others in outside. Ah... or even in schools, you know, where there could be a Bible study or something, somehow to reach them, and then to work with other churches, because, you know, it's not about us also, I, you know, I'm Assemblies of God, but I pray that God will just bless His body, we're not, we're not competitors, we're co-laborers together in Jesus Christ, and so, You know, people have a different... I have to say this. Elmer Towns wrote a book on revival. You'd be surprised how many different churches and different types of revival. In the past, he wrote about 10 revivals. And they were from different groups. And yet, the revival started. And it wasn't the same manifestation. See, God's not limited to that. Some was, you know, a little bit noisy. Some was more... Uh, conservative, whatever, but there was a real revival.